Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Yes. Then listen to the story. This story is going to start out in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Mm. How do mm. I know how to pronounce that, you might ask? The love boat. Oh. Yeah, only because of the love boat. Otherwise, I would be saying Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. No, I watched Good thing you watched Love Boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I would have, I would not have nailed it because I would not have pieced together what they said in the love boat versus seeing it. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. So I just had to learn it the hard way of like, wait, oh, Valletta is Vallarta. Yeah. I got it. Got it. That's what we're doing. That's how I learned I, how I pieced together my Spanish. Now, the name of this film has been the name of many films. So it's not just that easy to just, you know, Google it and click on the right one. Am I right, Christine? <laughs> You are right, because there is another film that also came out in the year 1998 called Twilight Dinner, Uh huh. and it is about a pale man is questioned by the police following the bloody murder of a young woman. Which sounds, sounds does sound intriguing. It's only an hour and four minutes. You could watch it on Tubi, oh. but it is not the one we watched. So- it is not. The fact that they said a pale man, we're, he's a vampire, right? I didn't watch the movie. I, just that, I laughed so hard at the description because they're it like looks a like pale it man. It looks like this could be a translated version. Ah. Like maybe this is not an American film. Mm. Ah. Like it could be Scandinavian and that could be the reason he's pale. Mm. These people don't look Scandinavian. But I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it to just to let you guys know if I do. Yeah, just a, a happy hour. But we are doing 1998's Twilight with Paul Newman, my birthday twin. Harry Ross, played by Paul Newman. An L.A. detective is accidentally shot by a sep- was she 17? Her character is 17 in this. She's in more like 14. 17-year-old girl, when he <laughs> tries to get her to return home, we jump ahead two years later, and things have not gone well for Harry. But they could have gone much worse if the rumors had been true. Oh, yeah. The rumors. He got shot in the thigh. But that's not what the rumors were. Because Rumor has everybody it. wants to take Paul Newman down. <clears throat> Particulars. Directed by, or oh, came out March 6th, 1998. Okay. It is directed by Robert Benton, who also wrote and directed Kramer versus Kramer. Really? Mm-hmm. And wrote and directed Places in the Heart. And Nobody's Fool. That was also with Paul Newman. And he co-wrote Bonnie and Clyde and the 1978 Superman. Interesting. So he is, he was a bit of a heavy hitter, but I guess at this point, this is the 
twilight of his career. Yeah. Well, one of my negatives is going to be okay. Questionable. This... <clears throat> Teeny, were you going to say something? No, I was just shocked. She's going to. She said Paul Newman's negative. Ooh. I did not say Paul Newman was negative. Mm. The screenplay is also by Richard Robert Benton and Richard Russo, who won the Pulitzer Prize for in fiction for his novel Empire Falls. Have you guys read Empire Falls? No, no, absolutely not. Pulitzer Prize winning novel. I have. I I, I do know personally a Pulitzer Prize winning author, but it's not whoever you just said. You personally know a Pulitzer Prize winning author? Your father is in a book by a Pulitzer oh, Prize winning author. That's right. I I forgot. And yes, I, I met him. Mike, we on a, 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 a you know we're so we're so close. We are. He might not remember, but I do. <laughs> um. He also wrote Nobody's Fool, the screenplay that's based on his novel and The Ice Harvest with Robert Benton. Um. It's edited by Carol Littleton who also edited Body Heat, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and The Big Chill. In 2024, just this January, she was the recipient of an Honorary Academy Award. Um, this is from the article, the rap article by Steve Pond, how honorary Oscar winner Carol Littleton fought to make film editing more diverse. So in the article, it mentions how men are nominated for and have won about 86% of all editing Oscars. Wow. Yet, only three people have ever been the recipient of an honorary Academy Awards for film editing, and all three of those people are women. Oh, right. Wow. Mm -hmm. So Margaret Booth um, was a recipient in 1977, Ann V. Coates in 2016, and in 2024, Carol Littleton. Um, Carol had her own editing house, and she was doing um, commercials and advertising because she couldn't get into movies because the Editors Guild had separated editors into two groups, and so that made it hard for the ones in the lower group to get assignments in films. And that lower group consisted of women and younger editors. And I also parenthetically add editors of color. Just, <laughs> just going to walk right out on that limb. In 1978, though, she was hired on French postcards because she happened to speak French. And so that got her into working on films. So she said that she broke through, but, quote, I was so angry about what had happened to me that I was bound and determined it wasn't going to happen to anybody else. I was not happy being sidelined by the union because of nepotism and strict rules. There you go. So then what does she do about it? In 1988, she and her film buddies ran for union offices at a, as a slate, and she was elected president in 1988 and served through 1991, and she helped make the union less strict. Bravo! Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. The music is by... Any guesses? I don't even remember the music. Because the music stood out to me. I was like, oh, this sounds like an exact knockoff of... And I know there's three men's names, and I can never 
and there's three like things that I know and I can never match the correct name to the correct like person. Oh. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like one of those uh, electronic uh, games and stuff right. you would put on. So the three people are Bernard Herman, and he did this like the psycho. Okay. Okay. Leonard Bernstein. Right. That's Maestro. Maestro. Lenny. West Side Story. And Elmer Bernstein. Yes. And this is Elmer Bernstein. I'm like, it's oh, either okay. Elmer, Lenny, or Bernard. But I can never remember who does what. Um, but I'm working on it. But this is Elmer Bernstein. And when I was watching this, I was like, man, this sounds like that guy. Whoever did it did, like, such a great homage to that guy. And then I look it up, and I'm like, no, it was it that was guy. It was that guy. He did oh, the music, wow. yeah. Man, Elmer Bernstein has done so many movies. This is just a few. Sweet Smell of Success, To Kill a Mockingbird, Cape Fear, The Magnificent Seven. But you go on his Wikipedia page, and it's just broken down by decades. Because that man, I think he did, like, Stripes. He, I think he did Ghostbusters. Like, just everything. I feel bad I didn't even pay attention to the music. I did, because it was such a noir. It just yeah. felt so film noir okay. with the strings and everything. Okay. And the director of photography is Pietro, or Pietro, P-I-O-T-R. I'm pretty sure it's Polish. Sobosinski. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty Polish. Uh-huh. <laughs> then I should know how to say it. It's <laughs> like pierogi. It's like like almost in my mind it's like a Peter kind of thing but it's not there's like a Piotro Piotro. it's probably Peter in Polish maybe Piotr Sobocinski yes there you go he shot he was born in Poland Mm -hmm. and he worked with um, I think Kislowski because he shot three colors colon red and he also shot Marvin's Room and Ransom. Now, I remember Ransom. Mm-hmm. The cast. By the time, like, when, I'll just say, like, when Stalker Channing showed up, I yes. was like, oh my God, who isn't in this film? Exactly. This is- I know. Wait. I wish you would have heard me scream when Stalker Channing came on. I love her so much. And Stalker Channing and O'Neill. Yes. She still looked good in this. She's someone who has suffered from getting too much work done, unfortunately. Yes. Have you looked at a recent picture of her? No. Because that could go so bad. Oh, that's too bad. Because she just had a a great face. Like, a great acting face. She could play so many characters. Okay, gonna look I'll send you the pic that scared me. Oh, okay. Well, um, this is just... Every single character that comes up is somebody that you've seen from something else. Exactly. And yeah. it just kept happening. It just, it literally just kept happening. You want to know, you know me, you know me. Oh, this is one of yeah, those. doesn't look bad. Don't um, do it. Oh. I'm not good with actors and actresses. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that was seconded. Rather we, Adam was sleeping during while I was watching this. He wakes up, comes and sits on the couch. It's still on. And he goes, huh. 
Now, keep in mind, I've been trying to figure out this lady, <laughs> who this person was. For, we're an hour and 15 minutes into the movie now. I've been trying to figure out who this person was. I was like, she looks so familiar. Who is this person? <laughs> and Adam goes, oh, Reese Witherspoon's in this. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't know Reese Witherspoon. Like, how? She looks the exact same. She looks the, the exact same. same. She does look the exact same. I'm. I was like ninety percent sure that was Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then the he just other said guy, that out loud. Okay. The other guy, Gene Hackman. We've watched about fifty Gene Hackman movies in the past yeah. year, and I still couldn't tell who he was. No idea. I've thought, never seen I him before. I thought you were going to say he knew Stockard Channing. But I, I did. I knew Stockard Channing. That's my girl. Okay. Okay. But I could say, yes, there's a famous person. Yes. Well, she was extremely young. Yes, she looks just the same, but no, she was extremely young. Yeah. So Sorry, we have, that derailed that. Oh, no problem. We have Paul Newman, who plays Harry Ross. We do. He was a spry, a young, young 71. A year younger than I at the time. Uh huh. So you, you so you might want to tread real carefully in what your negative is. <laughs> you, not me. You're the one talking shit about. I'm not talking trash about Paul. Oh, okay. All right. You, he was in, of course, Cool Hand Luke, The Hustler, The Verdict. We have Susan Sarandon. We do. Yeah. Catherine. I knew her too. I I got her name right. Catherine Ames, she was around 50 when this came out. So she had already been in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Thelma and Louise. She had already won an Oscar for Dead Man Walking in 1995. So she was like big time. Gene Hackman, Jack Ames. (laughs) The French Connection, the Conversation, and the Poseidon Adventures were all done last year, TV. I know. Didn't we do something recently too? But he looks like any other man with a mustache. I don't know. Well, any other white dude. I mean, you know, with a comb over situation going on. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. You, I, I could see how you could be like, was he, was he in Cheers? You know. Yes. Yes. We have Reese Witherspoon who played Mel Ames. She so her character in this is 17, but in real life she was around 20 when this was filmed. Oh, really? And this was her seventh film. She That's crazy. Yeah. So um she was in Cruel Intentions and then became really famous for Legally Blonde and Sweet Home Alabama and all these other films. We have Stalker Channing as Lieutenant Verna Hollander, Grease, Six Degrees of Separation, The West Wing on TV. We have this guy, Giancarlo Esposito. One of my faves. He shows up as Ruben Escobar. He was in Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, but he's probably most famous for being Gus Fring on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yes, yes. Liev Schreiber. Exactly. Jeff, we're not done yet. Jeff Willis. He was in Scream. He was in Spotlight, The French Dispatch, Ray Donovan. And did you know that he does tons of voiceover work? Like all those HBO specials, like sports specials, like Hard really? Knocks. He's the voice of Hard Knocks. 
and like all of those like oh my god i love that voice yeah he's that that's his voice margo martindale yes as mucho yes Mm. she was in dead man walking the firm and then in tv justify the americans so many other things John Spencer as Captain Phil Egan. He was just in there for a, a heartbeat, but I was like, wait, West Wing? That guy, like, he was on the West Wing and then LA Law. Used to watch LA Law, Ma. Yeah. Then we have M. Emmett Walsh as Lester Ivar. He was in Slapshot, Midnight Cowboy, and Fletch. James Gardner. James Gardner. As Maverick. Raymond Hope. Brent. Maverick. And he was also in Sayonara, The Notebook, The Rockford Files. Yeah, 60s fave. He was just in so many things. And then finally, just as a little EMS worker, we have Clint Howard, who is the brother of Ron Howard. And he just pops up in all of these movies. He was in um, Apollo 13, Waterboy, the Austin Powers films. He's just famous for just his face just shows up. Excuse me. And there he is. So those are the particulars. So now I'm going to set the table as best I can. And anybody who wants to interject, please feel free. The movie starts at a resort in Puerto Vallarta at a pool that also has a tiki bar situation attached. Not quite as nice as the one we were in in Puerto Rico where you could swim up to the bar. Yeah, well, you had to actually get out of the pool. But maybe the other side of it was the swim up bar. And then that was the land side. True, Mm. true. Okay, so it starts there. Paul, you know, I'm allowed to call him Paul because he's a birthday twin, is a private eye sent to bring an underage daughter back to Los Angeles. The girl picks up a dropped gun, accidentally shoots it, a bullet ricochets off of a slate tile on the floor, and goes into Paul Newman, Harry Ross's thigh. Then we jump two years ahead. Paul is in the part of Harry Ross in a voiceover. Remember what Aaron tells us about voiceovers, though? Um tells us he was a cop, a PI, and a drunk. He lives in the garage of the underage daughter's parents, who are Hollywood elitish. I think that he lives in the guest house. Okay. The father gives Harry an envelope to deliver to Gloria Lamar, but don't tell his wife what could go wrong. So much. You know Paul's going to end up getting even more shot at. He sure did. He did. He got shot at a lot. So we are to POC and Giancarlo Escobedo Esposito Esposito Okay. Is in it. But I didn't see a lot of other people of color but I only had eyes for Paul, so other people enlightened. I just had three or four black cops. 
But then oh, I read a tasty sense. titty that all of the cops were were actual cops because they right. were shot yeah. at the Hollywood precinct. Oh, hopefully Aaron's never been there. No, I would have been at the. Oh, I've said too much. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not going to say where which precinct she would be at. <laughs> so now we are. Oh, Teeny, any uh, POCs? No, you got you. You all took care of it. Thank you. Cast. Oh, is everybody just looking at me? We sure are. It's what we do every freaking week. <laughs> it's Aaron time. This one, I'm I'm interested to see what you pulled out for this one because I... <laughs> right? Yeah. I was too. Are we gonna go for a year? Or are we gonna go with something for from the from movie? movie. Uh-huh. No, it was something from the movie that's just <gasps> evergreen. Hmm. So, in the oh. movie, we got, uh, you know, Paul Newman, he's hairy, he goes up to this hideout, They're, the Ames' old family home, that's mm-hmm. up in the Malibu Mountains, yeah, and that's oh, where, boo-boo. yeah, that's where the uh, the boyfriend that's being the extorter, he's been hiding out, and he loves barbecue wings, and the barbecue joint that he loves is Garvey's Barbecue, and it lists like the address. Yeah, and when I saw the street address, I was like, that is very close to, uh, like, I am well-versed, I bet. And so I Googled up where it is, and I'm like, yes, I am quite familiar with where that address says that that is, but it is hilarious because it is not a barbecue establishment. It's not the swinging doors. Isn't, no, it's not the swing. It's just I think they just made it up because it's. That's too bad. They could have given some some business to the swinging doors. Yeah, but you know it's it's Hollywood. They just like made up the set and stuff. I'm sure they okay. like went somewhere or whatever. But anyways, it's bar it's Garvey's Barbecue in North Hollywood, and you probably didn't notice. You probably you blinked and you probably missed it, but not these eyes. My these eyes. eyes. My eyes were closing some. Mm-hmm. But I saw when Paul Newman was on the telephone, the payphone, I believe, making a telephone call over his shoulder, got about half a Confederate flag. Oh. So I was like, well, what? It's Go. Go, girl. So this is from a May 2021 Teen Vogue article by Jamila Nasheed called The Confederate Flag, colon, a controversial piece of American history, and a PBS article by Daniel Costa Roberts, Eight Things You Didn't Know About the Confederate Flag. All right. All right. So If I could snap, I'd be snapping right now. This quote is from Dr. William Horn. He said, quote, People find the confederate People find the flag offensive because they understand the message it is meant to convey. Meant to convey. mm -hmm. White Americans deploy the flag to communicate specific ideas about white supremacy and the racial hierarchy that form the basis of the Confederacy. But here's the thing. The flag that we call the Confederate flag, the Confederacy didn't really have a flag. The Confederate flag that we know of as the Confederate flag is really a battle flag that was never the official flag of the Confederacy. That's the flag that we know of the Confederate flag 
it, that was used by General Robert E. Lee's Army of Northern Virginia. That's the Northern Virginia battle flag. Oh, shit. It's y'all's hometown, not mine. <laughs> yeah, certainly that's why, is my precious. It's that's why I've is. seen it a lot. All of these things about, like, basically this cast is about gaslighting because I'm just so gaslit in my living in Northern Virginia. But anyway, yeah, that is, that's the Confederate flag is really the battle flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. It's 13 stars over St. Andrew's Cross. And the flag represents 13, the 13 stars represent the 13 states of the Confederacy. And those 13 states of the Confederacy are the 13 states that fought against the United States in the Civil War. Right. So it's, so it's really funny to have, Hmm. um, Mm -hmm. like in the, in the Southern states and stuff where you'll have the American flag and in schools, you'll have to say, like, I grew up having to say the pledge of allegiance. I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And yet also there's a Confederate flag, but I'm pledging my allegiance to the United States flag. And that Confederate flag is a flag of traitors and yes, but traitors, right? That's just, it's just very interesting. The Confederacy went through three different flags during the Civil War. Of course they did. Now, this this always reminds me of that old Eddie Izzard joke about, like, excuse me, (laughs) when they, when the English would get somewhere and be like, or basically when Western Europe would get somewhere and be like, excuse me, they're like, oh, nobody's here. Look at this. This is all us. And then people would be like, excuse me, we're here. And they're like, mm, but do you have a flag? And so because you didn't have, if you don't have a if flag. If you don't have a flag, I'm planting mine here. Exactly. So keep that in mind as you go through. The, listen to what these people did. Okay, so the first version of the flag in the Confederacy was what's known as the Stars and Bars. Mm-hmm. And it was red, white, and blue. Now... Keep in mind, this is during the war, and at this time, like, flags were a big deal because your soldiers would look to the flags and they would kind of be able to tell what's going on. Now, the stars and bars, they had to soon get rid of that because they looked too much like the Union flag, and the soldiers were getting confused on the battlefield. Oops. (laughs) You don't want to confuse those boys. Right. So then they're like, all right, back to the drawing board. Take two. The second version, that took... What we know is the Confederate, the battle, the Northern Virginia battle flag. It took that. And you know in the American flag where it's the blue part with the stars? Yes. Put put the battle flag there, and then the rest of the flag is white. Okay. And so that was called the stainless banner. And they're like, we've nailed it, guys. Now they'll be able to tell, and it's completely different. We've nailed it. Our flag, here it is, the stainless banner, because it's got the pure white. And the white represented the heaven-ordained supremacy of the white man, Uber Alice. And they were like, nailed it. So they get out on the battlefield. The only problem was that when there's no wind on the battlefield, it's just a white flag. Uh oh! <laughs> surrender. Exactly. <laughs> a white flag on the battlefield is surrender. So then the soldiers were like, "What well, we, we, we call it a night? Where we laying down our weapons? What's going on?" So they're like, Whoa. "All right, take three. <laughs> so then 
Meanwhile, they're like coming up with this. They're like the third version. They're like, all right, got it. We keep the stainless banner, but then on the the outside third, it's just red. And then now this is the blood-stained banner. Yeah, I'll show there it. There it is. See, there oh. goes the blood-stained banner. And then they're like, N- yeah, nailed it. And then, wah, wah. That was two. This is three. Okay. Yeah. There's the bloodstains. Yeah. So the w- interesting thing to want to have on your flag, but okay. Well, it had to have the red because when there, there was no wind, then they would still see, you would see the red. So you would be like, ah, we haven't surrendered right. yet. Because soon after the bloodstain banner, the Confederacy surrendered. Dang. So, and so then Did they surrender on purpose or on accident because of their flag. <laughs> right, right. Oh. Oh no! You might you might have found like that should have been the lost cause. <laughs> like Teeny came up with the it, like instead of the oh the South was like dignified. Teeny, you should have been in the room when they came up with the lost cause and be like, we never really actually surrendered. We didn't actually just, surrender. It was, just it our was flag. the flag. <sighs> we never lost. See, we got to wow. try again with our new flag, and it's neon yellow. <laughs> Well, no, this time they would probably have Here's that. Here's my question. Why wouldn't we do colors like that? Like a bright orange. Like when hunters wear orange and stuff like that. Like, like are you talking about America or are you talking about the Confederacy? I'm talking about anybody. Like, well, don't you want to be able to see your flag? And yeah. not be confused because the colors are the same as your oppressors have been? Wouldn't you well, want different colors? No, you want red, white, and blue because red, white, and blue are the star- are the colors that is in the England flag and that's in France. And so you okay. have to have those. I'll because be a little of- original. No, that's the white supremacy. You can't have something outside of the. That's you- true. You need it in the supremacy, like. Yeah, you don't want any colors from Africa coming exactly. in. Exactly. Oh, what yeah. are you doing in yeah, there? You, you get colors. That's true. Yeah. You, then we should got- probably take the red away. Mm. Just have blue and white. Isn't that yeah. Sweden? There's a, lot, there's a lot of blue and white. So, Greece? Mm, not great. So, so they, 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 the, they surrendered. And Robert E. Lee was like, he said this. And, you know, Robert E. Lee's not a saint. He, he's, you know, led the Confederacy. Really? They went around, you know, beating up black people, taking freed black people and, like, recapturing them. And, right, and putting them back that. into slavery. Yeah, all of that. Mm-hmm. All of it, this man, the man who, like, did this, he says, he, these are the words that he then speaks. I think it's wisest not to keep open the source of war but to follow the example of those nations who endeavored to obliterate the marks of civil strife and to commit to oblivion the feelings it engendered. Mm. And at his funeral, no flags were flown. That's right. There will be no flags. Everybody took Oxycontin and everything was good. So the, you know, once the Civil War and all that stuff, like the Confederate, like the battle flag, that wasn't, Exactly. The, the only time that it would come out was at veterans' events in the South when they were commemorating fallen Confederate soldiers. Other than that, nothing after the Civil War Until... didn't exist. Fast forward. 18, no, the 1940s. Yes. 1948. 1948. 
the segregationalist Dixie Crap Party adopted the flag as a symbol of resistance to the federal government. Why would they want to resist the federal government? Did something happen in 1947 that they were resisting or reacting to? The segregationalist Dixie Crap Party adopted it in 1948. I don't know. Maybe on April 15th, Jackie Robinson integrated Major League Baseball. Coincidence? Coincidence? The big, the most popular sport in America at the time, the color barrier being rebroken, as we've already gone on to, but still broken. A black man Mm-mm. on no. my baseball diamond. No. So, so it's just really and taking names. Oh just, no. Just really interesting. In 1947, Jackie Robinson, and then they. Dust out the old battle flag and the Dixie Crafts in 1948 start waving it around. Fast forward, 1956. Also, then in the 40s, then the Dixie Crafts and then the Klan was like, you know what? We've been using this flag because exactly. we've can been. I just, can I just emphasize the fact that the Dixie Crafts is the silliest name I've ever heard? Dix- <laughs> <laughs> I know. Makes the Dixie Chicks look really, really high class. Uh. Well, they're the, just the chicks now because yes, they, they were are like, because what? yeah, yeah. Um, so in 1956, 1956, the state of Georgia redesigns its state flag. They said, "Shit, we gotta redo this and maybe take some inspo from this other flag." Exactly, they redesigned their state flag to feature. The battle flag. As a matter of fact, they basically took the battle flag, a.k.a. the Confederate flag. They were like, miniaturize it down to two-thirds the whole flag, and then just put on the the final third, just the seal of Georgia. Nailed it. That's our new flag. So they were just 1956. We're just going to redesign it. I was four years old in 1956. They make it out like, like, like... you can't change the anthem. These people in 1956 are like, flag, we are going to redo our flag. Yeah. Like, it's just hilarious. Okay, so that's 1956. Did something happen in the early 50s to, to warrant this? I don't know. One they... of us was alive. One of us was. This is my lifetime. In your lifetime, Ma, you're a little kid. So nobody's been paying any attention really to the battle flag of Northern Virginia. But then the, the Dixie Crafts start using it. Then in 1956, Georgia slaps it on there. Right. So all of a sudden they got Southern pride and Southern heritage? Or was it the 1954 Brown versus the Board of Education desegregated public schools? Uh, I mean, these people are getting too uppity. Yeah, you got 1954 and then 1956, Georgia slaps the Confederate flag onto them. Mm. So, the story that I always heard growing up and still hear is how the story, because it's all the stories that we tell ourselves, but the stories that some people tell themselves about the battle flag is that it represents service, sacrifice, and heritage. And you know what? It does. It represents the service, sacrifice, and heritage of terror, torture, and oppression over those heaven has ordained as inferior because of the color of their skin. Mm. Heaven has ordained it. 
heaven or heaven ordained it because damn well it is odd that i mean the segregationists really did lean on the church about a lot of this stuff so uh, you can't you can't uh it, and you can pull on that thread and stuff, but hey, th- that's what they're saying. But it's just because I, I always hear about it. What's our heritage? And I'm like, that's bullshit. But I'm like, no, it is. But be honest about what your heritage right. is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You, you can totally say it's your heritage, but your heritage is based on terror, torture, and oppression. Right. Be honest. <laughs> you can tell yourself that story, but be honest. So I would just like to conclude the cast by a shout out to Bree Newsom since it is Black History Month and Bree was the woman who climbed the 30 foot pole to take down the Confederate flag from the State House of South Carolina in 2015. Well done, Bree. Oh yeah! MVP Bree! That's right. And there you have cast. This flag still shows up in the North Hollywood establishment, which by the way makes no sense that he would go to North Hollywood. For barbecue, it's no, it doesn't. Real, that's a real. That's a really long drive. I mean, those wings are gonna get really like. uh, 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 I didn't see an air fryer. No. You know what I saw today with an air fryer though? You can make pancakes, Aaron, without a pan without a waffle maker, but it's pancakes. Okay, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Okay. So now we are to nerd alerts. I don't have any except that Paul Newman is my birthday twin, and that's why we're doing a Paul Newman movie. And um, so now we'll go to other people with nerd alerts. Guess who else doesn't have any? Me. <laughs> well, let's let's toss it to Aaron. All right. The worldwide top films of 1998 were number five, A Bug's Life. Oh, I loved a bug's I life. I loved a bug's life. I got this really cool thing from the Disney store. I was 11. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I was graduating high school. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. It was this thing. And this was back when this technology was top of the line. And you put it in front of my, I put it in front of my door. And my brother walked by. It would alert me. It would alert me. <laughs> It's an early it one ring. Of the bug. It was one of the bugs, yeah. Oh, I love that. Wow. Yeah. So the, and I had, a, I had a PlayStation game for A Bug's Life. We yeah. used to always show it at the end of the school year because we had studied, you know, something in science that actually kind of almost related. Mm-hmm. And so that was like an hour and a half of, whew, I can get some mm-hmm. computer work done while the kids watch it. Julia Louis Dreyfus was it was a mm. voiceover. Put that in our mm. pocket. Number four, there's something about Mary. Mm-hmm. I had it. Okay, no, move on. <laughs> Number okay. three, Godzilla. Oh, uh, okay. one of the newer. One of the Godzilla. new ones. Jack Black Godzilla, I believe. And Matthew Broderick. Was in it. Mm-hmm. And number two was Saving Private Ryan. Okay. 
Have you done that one? So I know who it might be longer than your two hour limit. I know who number one is. It yeah, it is a good one. And the new incarnation of Band of Brothers, Masters of the Air is out. And I'm three episodes in and I have to say it's giving me what I want, which is Band of Brothers in the air. In the air. (laughs) And And also I thought it was going to be in the Pacific Theater, but it's not. It's in the European Theater. I know. And my grandpa was a Tuskegee Airman, and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember the time that I was older and probably was like, yeah, I thought maybe you'd be a pilot. And I was like, do you even know me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just want, I'm just like, it's insane that, that like, things that can go wrong. The things that can go wrong, and then just I have I have like questions I gotta ask Poppy because they're just like flying and they just people are just like shooting up at them, and I know yeah. that this is this is the part before. Well, I won't spoil it for people to they'll have to figure out and watch who saves the day in the film. But anyway, I just I love their jackets. <laughs> I did too. The uh, the like the lamb's wool in the yeah inside and the leather on the we talked about that when we did. Um, Tuskegee Airmen, the t- yeah, when, yeah, yeah, that's right. I just can't justify like living in California getting a jacket. I like know, that. but, but if I was on freaking the, cool, if I lived on the East Coast, man, I would hope that would be my winter jacket. Yeah. Um, let's see. No, okay. So what's number one, Ma? I'm going with uh, Shakespeare in Love. You know, you're confusing the categories. This is the budget, like the. Box oh, office. who made the most? Okay, because yeah. I know Shakespeare in Love won the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and tell me what won the box office. Armageddon. Okay, uh, you got the whole miss a thing. Ben Affleck. You got the whole. Wait, that's Bruce Willis before mm-hmm. dementia, and that would be um, um, that band that I don't like. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. The Oscar. <coughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> I got haunted by Aerosmith. She didn't take that well. <clears throat> I'm like, I don't have a problem with Aerosmith. <laughs> I do, but go on. <clears throat> oh, I'll wait. Maybe I do. I'll have to hear what Moss would say. The Oscars, you already said the winner was Shakespeare in Love, but nominated The Thin Red Line, Saving Private yeah. Ryan. Yes. Life is beautiful. Now I gotta tell you, life is beautiful was it, it was I think everybody should watch it once. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's all a perception situation. I uh, think it makes I think it makes great I think it makes good points. It's just one yes. of those things where like it's it's a very nuanced take and it's a it's an interesting um yeah it is but but okay at that point there was somebody to come and save them um if we if we fuck up this next election there won't be so there's that (laughs) (laughs) um and then elizabeth and then the winner was shakespeare in love oh okay Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Blanchett, yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. okay. 
So what was going on in the world in March, leading up to March 1998? Well, in January, the Drudge Report breaks the story about President Bill Clinton's affair with Monica Lewinsky. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, he can still get it up, and he's a president. Let's move on. (laughs) How do you feel? (laughs) (laughs) The Kosovo War kicks off with a massacre. Yay! I love the good massacre. In Likoshane. That's the war between ethnic Albanians and ethnic Serbs. In 1998, no, because we never have. In 1998, a study now known to be riddled with data manipulation was published, alleging a link between MMR vaccine and autism. That was 1998. Yeah. Prior to that, like everybody, every I nobody ever had no issue with vaccinations. You just went and you got vaccinated because people saw, oh, look at all these people falling out from all these diseases. And they got a shot and people stopped falling out. Look at that. But now, 1998, this riddled data manipulation comes on the scene. And the study was fully retracted in 2010. Quote, perhaps the most damaging medical hoax of the 20th century. Exactly. And people still believe it to this day. Mm-hmm. And finally, in March 1998, Re- Iraqi President Saddam Hussein negotiates with the United Nations to allow weapons inspectors to return to Baghdad. This negotiation prevents military action by the United States and Britain. For then. Yeah. In 1998. Yeah. They would. Later, like, talk about how there were weapons of mass destruction, but the Twin Towers are still standing at this point in 1998, so they were like, Uh oh, you know. It was before you thought that a plane could be a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Pretty much. So, those are the nerd alerts. Yay! Reheatable negatives. Okay, first thing I wrote down is hokey dialogue. I mean, there was a lot of hokey dialogue, and these this was exactly what I was expecting. Like as soon as when it started, I was like, "Oh, it's 1998." Yeah, yep. like, um, oh, I had written it down, and I lost the hokey dialogue like is it hokey dialogue or is it like hard-boiled they're trying to be like hard-boiled detective but when he goes in and he goes to the crime scene okay speak to me it was like (laughs) the csi miami girl who would go to the corpse all the time talk to me it was so hokey and that was not the only example and these people wrote some really good screenplay. Mm-hmm. I felt like the dialogue was hokey through the whole freaking thing. Okay? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Paul spoke some hokey dialogue <laughs> while still looking pretty fine. And then, okay, so she is uh, has has just finished uh, 
an intimate act with Paul Newman, who wouldn't. And then her husband on the baby monitor is like, help me, help me, I'm dying. She puts on his shirt on purpose. I say she did it on purpose. The pink Ralph Lauren shirt, which when Paul had it on right away, I was, no, that's not right. Paul would not wear a pink Ralph Lauren shirt. And then she puts it she on. She totally did it on purpose. I think you're right. She did because conniving. They had a conversation about it when he's playing with Gene Hackman's character and he says like never trust he points he's like that that polo man never trust a man who wears that and Paul Newman's like you gave this shirt to me exactly so yeah she she knew what she was doing yeah one spicy female and you go girl but those were my negatives my negatives are smoking inside. This is still like 1998. If I remember, I mean, you could still smoke inside until like 2009 in a lot of bars. Yeah, which is so crazy. It's true. 2010. I don't know. Depending um, on what you're smoking. Yeah, cigarettes. I was gonna say. Um, and then infidelity was my other one. Mm-hmm. And that's all I wrote for my negatives. I am pleasantly surprised. I, I did fall asleep. Oh. Well, there's I that. Woke up and had to rewind it, but and there you I, go. I, I that, totally understand. I do that every movie. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes, if my rule is, if on the fourth rewind I fall asleep <laughs> at the same place, you gotta call it. Mm, yeah, that's a good rule. Yeah. Um, mine is mine. Oh, I guess I had the same as as you did. I, but um, man, Mel, the daughter, Reese Witherspoon, she was a real not nice person to Harry, Paul Newman's character. Right. I would be really nice to the man I almost shot and killed. And and like what a dumb done. Ooh, like when she picked up the gun and yeah, was like, yeah. Ooh, what does this do? Or what, I can't remember what she said. She said something mm-hmm. really silly. Yeah, something really again hokey dialogue. Yeah, that was very, you're right. That was very hokey. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me of, RIP, shout out, Sean Taylor for the Washington football team. He was a defensive, I believe he was an amazing safety. And he was shot and killed during the season in 2007 by people who broke into his home. He was down in Florida recuperating from an injury and people broke into his home and they shot him in the thigh and yeah. they hit they hit his artery because you have that huge artery in the thigh you get shot there yeah Mm -hmm. that's why when he got shot in the thigh I'm like is he like dead is are we starting Mm -hmm. at the end and then going backwards because she said you're not gonna die are you he could Mm -hmm. if he got shot in that artery because Sean Taylor because that's a big artery and you have minutes and you're out right and this one okay so in real life Reese Witherspoon is about 20 years old, but her character in this is 17. And I know that in America, we are very, like, we're, we're so, um, what is the word? Like, we'll allow violence. We can have so much violence and stuff, but when it comes to nudity, we're all like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't, I'm, 
acknowledging of like that definitely there are other places in the world and stuff where nudity is much more open and all of that and Europe. and mm-hmm. yeah and i get that and stuff um but i do feel like it is creepy because she is in the film a 17 year old girl and she's under age and yet we we see her naked breast yeah some and she's she's the only um like we don't see susan sarandon's character naked we don't see any men naked the only nudity in this film is young girl for for a oh like the character who's 17 i think that's creepy Mm -hmm. that is but dang those were some good boobs Those are twenty-year-old boobs. For sure. someone who never had good boobs, I know. Very jealous. Very I think jealous. I think that one night I went to sleep and there was nothing, and the next morning I woke up and I could stick a pencil underneath and nothing, and the pencil wouldn't fall. It was just yeah. like overnight. I just went from nothing to saggy boobs to just boobs I could tuck into my waistband. Yeah. How did that happen? I still remember getting my first bra. Oh, I do too. I was like, I a, whole, know, a whole life and of- for some reason, my mom sent my dad to get it for me. <laughs> oh wow, Rita! Oh wow, Rita! I don't know wow, why. that's a whole new look at Rita. Wow. Like I think she maybe she was busy. She probably had something to do. <laughs> oh wow! Like I don't even think I went with him or me. I don't know. God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm due for some new bras while we're at it. Aren't we all? But I, okay. I'm it's looking so expensive. For it, You'll never find it. And as soon no. as you stop making it. So exactly. yeah. All birds. I mean, I like the new. I'm all mad birds, at all but... birds. No. All birds has pissed me muck off. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. This is the new ones. The extra large doesn't contain an extra large anymore the old ones were perfection okay yep our only our female listeners are understanding this which is probably a hundred percent of our listeners so uh we're to positive reheatables mine was lancashire because i knew (laughs) where it was mine was Reese's boobs. I mean, very perky. Well done, Reese. And my other one was old friends popping up. Pop up James Garner, Stockard Channing, Giancarlo, whatever, Margot Martindale. It just kept leave Schreiber. All it your besties. kept happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the one black guy though you can't you, you rattle off all the white people's names <laughs> and it's Giancarlo that guy because <laughs> wow. I can never get his le- but I you're right I will, take, <laughs> I will take the loss there and I own it you're holding your head <laughs> I'm, just, I'm messing with you ma it was just funny no it's fair that's a fair point I wrote Are you down name book club. <laughs> They're not. You've been um, <laughs> I wrote down the armoire. Ooh. 
don't really quite remember. I think there was like this really nice mid-century modern armoire that probably in the beginning. Yeah. I wrote down Louis Vuitton luggage only because it's like timeless. Like how did I not have that down? <laughs> like timeless classic design never has to change. I started on Timmy's TikTok corner. Here we are. Mm. I started following this girl who she likes coach. Okay. And she goes to like Goodwill, thrift stores, like anywhere she can and finds like the cheapest coach she can find. Mm-hmm. Um, coach is pretty easy to find, I think. Okay. Yeah. So she'll find it and it'll be all beat up or whatever. She'll buy it for like dirt cheap and then refurbish it herself. And it is so soothing to watch. It is so soothing mm-hmm. to watch like the leather polish and everything like that. It's amazing how you can restore these things. But I actually saw a video of someone who got a Louis Vuitton. I believe it was Louis Vuitton. Yeah, it was. Um, some kind of bag from a some market. I don't know. They didn't pay full price. They got it discounted. Right. And they like Louis Vuitton. Like there's like lifetime guarantee. Like warranties on some of these. Bullshit. Things. But go ahead. Oh, did you have a problem? Yes. Uh oh. This girl sent it back and they fixed it. Okay, it depends on what the problem is. So yes, it does. Grand Dame. She's talking about her purse. I Grand Dame <laughs> Perignon. That's her name. Grand Dame and Perignon. I bought her in in 2016 when when I retired, and I'm having her refurbished as far as her handle and her leather, but the little cracks along the zipper they don't do anything for. So I have been on TikTok and other places to find out how to fix my little cracks along the zipper, because what well, I can't you pay to re- to get a new zipper? No, because it was a hmm, uh, it was hand one quotes, of the, hand quotes. Yeah, hand quotes. One of the um, it they're not going to change the zipper out. What I wanted was. On the never, okay, I'm sorry, Louis Vuitton people who are just like out of it, but on the never, there goes that advertising. They have the leather around the top Mm -hmm. between where, uh, where the top is and then the, uh, waxed canvas starts. Mm -hmm. Now my waxed canvas is right against the zipper. And so it cracked. Well, the person at louis vuitton said then you just throw it out and get a new one there are people what? who buy their louis vuitton for life so, so throw it out they, was, were they you will, supposed to like put like oils on it so it wouldn't crack now here we go okay remember that comment because i went in and they said there's nothing we can do because if we try to fix the cracks it's going to get worse. And I said, all you need to do is put the leather around the top of it, restitch the zipper, and it's fixed. We won't do that because it's a uh, a vintage or uh, something. Um, so you just are supposed to, you know, get rid of it and get a new one. And I said, no. So I'm having the leather fixed. And then what I can do is go and it's, there. there's a process. You would think just super glue. But, um, but what was your comment, Aaron? To put Just, like oils on it so it wouldn't crack. So now they tell that's me that's serum. Can you use Clarins? 
now they tell me, oh, but you're supposed to bring it back every month to have it lubed. Yeah. Where where were you in 2016 when I bought it? Nobody said anything about that in 2016 and, when I okay, bought it. Okay, and let me just say, of course, and all the things, of, of course, but as be, and you'll never know, you'll never know the answer to this question, but was Poppy with you? See how it works? And you'll never know. You'll never know if, like... You, and if I only heard it from my dude, who was a person of color and uh, uh, presented as an LBGTQ person. On fire! Uh, he was on fire. And told me about that. And I was like, why didn't nobody ever tell me that before? Because he was all about... Because oh, they don't want anyone to know that. That's the exactly. fine print you're supposed to read so that you don't go back. It's so that you go but back and buy probably, a new one. Yes. Also, it's probably one of those things that only you will notice. Right. Yeah. And you know, if I go back again and say, I would like it looped, they'll go, what are you talking about? So um, I love her enough to have the, the leather redone. They had to send her to Paris to have her handle redone. Mm -hmm. What if when they send it to Paris, oui, they were oui. like, oh, 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 and then they, and it comes back and it has what you had said. Uh, that would be amazeballs, but it's not going to happen. But uh, <clears throat> so we'll, you know, we'll go there and see what happens. But uh, yeah, if, if uh, it's not that situation, they say they have a lifelong guarantee, but it depends on the uh, yeah. the, the model of the sure. situation. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's always going to go against you as the consumer. Yeah, consumer, consumer, mm -hmm. right? Well, I also have. Uh, oh, when who I now know is Reese Witherspoon said, "What should I do with this?" And then the gun goes off. Yeah. And then I just wrote, OMG, Rizzo, when Stalker Channing. Yes. Um, the house. God, that house was nice. Which house? The well, one I have the, the one with like the open mm -hmm. air thing over the pool. James Garner's house. Which that... I believe, I believe that is the, fl the Frank Lloyd house? Wright house. Oh. Not the not the ranch house that they said was the Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright house. Cool. Because the beach house that James Garner had looked way more Frank Lloyd Wright than, well, but his house, because they said the Frank Lloyd Wright house was the ranch house. It was, it is. Well, you're, you're going to have to hold your head again because... <laughs> It's that's known as the Arch Obler House, and it's in Malibu, and it was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, and it's in the past oh, tense because oh. it burned down in the Woosley Fire of 2018. Okay, so oh. the the is there anything about the James Garner House? Because yes, so much. That's more... okay. That's the house of George. That's the George Jacobson House in Los Feliz, in the Los Feliz section of Hollywood Hills. 
Okay. Okay. I'll go Mm -hmm. with it. And then the as long as we're on house corner, rounded out the Ames house, like where they live to live, like they had the pool and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the Dolores Del Rio house in Santa Monica. And Dolores Del Rio is a famous Mexican actress in the 20s and 30s. And we have to look up some of her movies. Person of color, person of color. She is a person of color. And in real life, um, she was dating or with Orson Welles when he was making Citizen Kane. So, like, her Wikipedia was just super long. And she seems like she lived a very interesting life. And she's in a ton of films. And she was well off enough to have that house made. And it's wow. the, you know. Well, well done then. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I liked all the houses, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then the name Verna is my final positive. Mm. Okay. Glad you didn't have children. <laughs> wow. Verna just sounds like a Scooby Doo uh, character to well, me. Well, that's the first time you've ever said that to me. So, and, here we and, are. <laughs> and Hazelnut's over there going, You're telling me. <laughs> all winner, the names, winner, chicken dinner. All the names are being tossed out for her. And she's like, I, bitch, I have I'm Hazelnut. <laughs> you have Hazelnut, you bitch. Not going to get any better. In that one picture, there's also a meme of like, What's my middle name? <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> Have you seen the, the the things that are like, it's all videos, the woman, she's like, I've never had my dog. I just realized I've never told my dogs my name. <laughs> I saw that, like, yeah. I'm That's Sarah. <laughs> That's true. That's like when I came in to visit you guys, I was like, I'm Erin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Erin. <laughs> Oh, she's like, I'm hazelnut, but these bitches don't know that yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Help me out. Figure it out. Help oh, a girl out. My next one is the score. I already mentioned it, how I was trying to figure out. I was like, this this sounds just like that one guy. And it turns out it was that one guy. Um, And then, I, you know what? It might be Clint Howard that says it. Because one of the EMTs says, watch the walls, guys. When they're rolling Gene Hackett's yes! character out. And I busted out laughing so hard because, you know, growing up in my household, my dad was always, like, he was the guardian of the walls. Watch the walls. Don't take, what are you doing the walls? That's why when I come home in, like, the, this last time when I was coming home, coming up and down the stairs, he was all jacked, like, all scraping up against the walls. And I was like, I would have gotten so much trouble treating these walls the way you people are treating these walls. I could wow. not believe it. You don't remember wow. that? Man. I don't remember him looking out for the walls. I remember whenever we went to Bethany Beach, it was like, watch the walls when you bring the big cart in. You know, Oh, you know what it is? It was, it, I think that this makes sense. Because it was Berwick Courts we were renting. And then yeah. in Kansas, that was military housing. In right. Germany, that was military housing. Right. And then right. when we moved into the house, it had been painted. So that was like my whole like growing up in yeah, high school. So by now, you're just like, ah, crash, crash. So but all I don't think up, Adam ever got that memo. Well, he, he had, Poppy had to pick his battles. Like, you know, me, he could. 
that was just another thing to add to my list of worry is watching the walls. Fair so, enough. And then my final good reheatable is rumor has it just the rumor that he got his penis shut off. Shot I know off. that was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I ever feel so bad for him. Okay, we're the quotables, and I only have one because as previously stated. There was a whole lot of hokey dialogue. So the only one I wrote down is, it's official, I'm no longer in remission. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I only have one also. (laughs) And mine is, got a light? Yeah. And then she said, I'm also short of a cigarette. Yeah. And then there was another funny thing that was Susan Sarandon, and she was like, he was like, how many cigarettes do you smoke a day or something? They're talking about that. And then she said that it's it doesn't count if you got it for free. Right. Right. Wow. All right. I have four quotes of this hokey dialogue. All righty then. Uh, when Susan Sarandon's character says she gets out of the pool, she's been swimming naked. She says, honestly, Harry, did you see me in the last rebel? And he's like, yeah. And you saw me in the end of desire? He's like, yeah. Then I think you've seen everything there is of me to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I also Again, remember. hokey dialogue. Okay, and he says, I also remember a movie your husband made. He shot 12 guys with a six-shot revolver. I ain't going to argue with that kind of marksmanship. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. It's, You're it's, allowed to keep that one. It's no, but it's no, it's that hard-boiled, like, number 10, man. Okay. Man, okay. okay. I'm a detective, lady. Jack Ames couldn't get blood out of a sock with a washing machine and a bottle of Clorox. Me? <laughs> I can get blood out of a sock. Fair. Man knows how to clean. <laughs> I admire that. Oh, I would I would like a man who knows how to clean. <laughs> well, Poppy does, and he makes his own cleaning concoctions. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he even makes his own cleaning solution. Your homemade hand soap. <laughs> yeah. Don't use it. <laughs> through your hand. <laughs> you will. You will never find your skin again, but you okay. don't have fingertips, so that it's fine if you kill somebody. You don't have any fingerprints left. No, there no you fingerprints go. left. Win win. Germs can't live off. They need skin, right? No skin, no germs, right? Um, and then when uh what's her face? Mel was like, You think you're a member of this family, but you're not. You're just the hired help. Bitch. Yeah. And I was like, You almost killed that man, young lady. Exactly. Lady. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. My LVP is the dialogue. Mm. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. See? My LVP is infidelity, but I have. So, <laughs> you know, I. Do you ever have. Th- maybe you're not like this. Um, you ever have things happen, you hear stories and you're like, I know this would never happen to me, but it still stresses you out. You're like, but maybe. It's my entire life. Yeah. So <laughs> I things that will never happen to me, but it stressed me out. Yeah, this TikTok rabbit hole. 
I was scrolling on TikTok and I see a little blurb and it's like divorce story or whatever. So I was like, well, let me watch that. And it was like a five part series. And she was talking about how she was with her husband for like 14 years, you know, between dating and all of that. And then on New Year's Eve of this year, she discovered text messages from that were fishy. And she gave him all this time, like a couple weeks to come clean. Nothing ever came of it. But then finally, so she reached out to this woman. It was this woman he works with. They've been sleeping together for two years. Oh. Two years. She's also married. So now they're divorced. And that it's just one of those things. I'm like, I know that would never happen to me. But you know, you know, never say never. You know, you gotta be prepared. Um, so that's my LVP. Okay. Understood. But you also understand who you married and no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Really it would literally, with it all would pull literally never happen to me. But you know, exactly. what? It, then I was walking home and I was like, what if I go home and there's another woman in there? And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Wait, that's way too much. That is way too much for him to comprehend. So you're welcome on that front. You know, he's, that's way too much drama for him to deal with. I know. So that's my LVP. Understood, though. Wow, and my took, and my you, warning. You took just through such a roller coaster. I'm like, I don't like where any of this is going. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been thrown for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a silenced Aaron? Oh, wow. <laughs> Yes, she just here's an extra thing to just worry about now. Oh. <laughs> no, you know your brother. He doesn't have that bandwidth. I know, but I'm also in that anything can happen. I don't know. I don't like no. this. I don't like this. <laughs> Where am I? To my LVP? <laughs> just the unraveling of Aaron. <laughs> Oh, man, because it's not like I haven't been on vacation with somebody in the family and then been told of a divorce that I had no idea about in the first place. But that had been but it they my entire life, they had never been together. But then I get sprung on me. Yeah. And you didn't even have your support system, your your support system. What? Uh, no, I had Vegas, thank God. <laughs> and that worked out well. <laughs> All right. Well, just keep up coming. <laughs> keep them coming. Um, and that's Jen. Keep them coming. <laughs> I would say my LVP is the blink and you missed it battle flag of Northern there Virginia. You go. It just I did shows not up. See it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, because you just not because I had to look. I was like, "Ooh, Garvey's is that place real? Would I want to go?" Yeah. Oh snap! Well, how <laughs> do you do, Mrs. Lincoln? Okay, my MVP were the cast pop-ups. I mean, there just kept being a new friend. I heard Marco Martindale's voice, but I thought it was somebody else. And then when I saw her, it was like. Oh my God, family reunion, Marco Martindale. So, yeah, the pop ups. Mine's similar, but I just wrote Stockard Channing because I like, I like her. I, I know, I do love a Stockard Channing. 
Wow. All right. I'm on this corner, this island, I guess. Mine was Paul Newman. I just think it's so great that we get to see, because you get to see this man and his. we get to watch his whole career. You get to see yeah. him be young and then you get to see him in, this is one of his last performances. Mm-hmm. And just to see how, how, it wasn't me who said it. I think it was, I think it was Ebert in, in this Ebert review talked about how it was just nice that, like he didn't care for the movie much, but he liked how he liked watching Paul Newman because Paul Newman had been a movie star for all this time mm-hmm. and also had all of this life that he had lived and all of this wisdom. And he was just so comfortable being a movie star and just being in front of the camera and just just acting and stuff. And there's more that will tie into it with some tasty titties later. So mine was just Paul Newman. Bravo. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we don't have a a new Paul Newman. We don't. We actually don't have any movie stars anymore. Period. Exactly. Be, because of um, social media and TikTok exactly. and in exactly. uh, YouTube and stuff like that. The whole concept of movie stars is that like that's a thing of the past. And, you know, it's not all negative because the studios owned those people mm-hmm. and and um, dictated their lives. The, the life that we saw wasn't necessarily the life that they were living, Rock Hudson. I mean, there were... Oh, so many things. So, so many... many things that were just manipulated away from us. So... Yes. Drug addictions, people were forced to have abortions, murders. yeah, murders, yeah, like, like, leave Schreiber playing a part in a movie where there is a fixer, he's not the fixer, mm-hmm. but then he becomes Ray Donovan, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, so yeah, there's all that. Okay, so, that was it's a like point. everything gains and losses. We'll lose some things and then we'll gain other things and yeah. lose other things and gain other things. Okay, I didn't do a recasting because I really felt like there needed to be a rewrite of the oh. screenplay. <laughs> Ouch! Tini, did you do a recasting? Burn. I did not. It would I did. be a good funny one, but it would be. <laughs> I didn't because I'm a fan of the genre of the the maybe past their prime kind of detective. Yes. And there's we have such a that it's such a gluttony that we have right now. There's a show on AMC called Monsieur Spade that is basically about the character Sam Spade, who was played by Humphrey Bogart in The Maltese Falcon. And he was in, I forget the author, but Sam Spade, the novels, he's a character. Right, right. And so Clive Owen is playing him older in the 1950s France. Yeah, he's Spade, so he's the hard-boiled detective. Oh, I love he's, him. He's in now in a case. We have Jodie Foster that's yes. playing a police detective up in Alaska and the new true detective. So there's... It's just a motif that is classic. We have all of these film noirs and all these kind of things. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at this, but I like throwing everybody, all these like stars together, and you make this hard-boiled mm-hmm. picture. So, 
Um, I, that's why I don't have a recasting because I guess just let's just see it with some Asian actors. Let's see it with indigenous actors. Let's right. see it with because everybody, right. every culture murders each other. So let's do the hard boiled detective and and you know what? Those stories are probably out there, and it's probably on me exactly. to go and find them. Exactly, it's on us. So we are the tasties. And we we just went through the whole Frank Lloyd Wright situation. Uh, we already talked about the police officers in the Hollywood station house being real police officers. Now, when Paul Newman found out that Susan Sarandon was getting way less paid than Paul was, he gave half of his salary for this role oh my God. to Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, come on. Good guy. In 1998. Yeah. Because you know that he knew all the times that um, Joanne Woodward was underpaid. He was underpaid. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. Let's take a moment and just enjoy our Paul for a moment. <sighs> okay. Um, this had a very disappointing box office return. Mm-hmm. It it had a budget of twenty million, but the box office was fifteen point one million. Now, Ma, question: Because we were going to the movies a lot, but this is nineteen ninety eight. It's March. I don't remember us going to see this. I don't either, and you know me. And now Paul. here's the thing: but I wonder if now you, we have to go back because this is. I don't even want to do the math because it's embarrassing how many years ago it was. But it's March of your high school graduation year. Right. But you have to think about this. Like, you're in your 40s, your mid to late 40s, right? Okay. And Paul Newman is in his 70s. And at this time, Paul Newman is still alive. I have a feeling that maybe you didn't want to see it because you didn't want to see old Paul Newman. At that time. Oh. Okay, I would have been 46. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking there must have been other stuff in play. There could have been other point. stuff in play, but I feel like because your they should go away and not be seen has not, like, that's not a new thing for you. And I could, that's one of those things, because remember, we've talked about it before, where, like, with um, Robert De Niro... When I saw Meet the Fockers, I was like, oh, man, Robert De Niro got old. Now, me now, in 2024, looking at Robert De Niro and Meet the Fockers, Mm -hmm. I'm like, my God, he's so young. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it's with beyond the the thought of of the realm of possibility that we probably had a lot of stuff going on, but you were probably also like, oh. He got old. Paul Newman got old. Because I remember you and Babs like like saying, I don't remember like when it was, but I remember you guys being like, oh, Paul Newman got old. Maybe. 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 But it's just like an interesting thing because now, now that he's been gone from us for a while, looking at him now, I'm like, he doesn't seem that old. But then I've gotten older and you've gotten older. So right. I'm, I've accepted olderness. In a way that, like, when I was 18, I would be like, right. he's just old. Right. Just an interesting, right. I just think it's an interesting thought experiment or yeah. like, way to think about it. Very possibly. 
Other tasties. I didn't have any for this one. I I just have that the titles because you mentioned how there's like other twilights and stuff. Titles mm-hmm. are not subject to protection under U.S. copyright law. I actually read that as oh, well. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the sound mixer and camera car driver that worked on this Twilight film also worked on th- that other Twilight film oh, wow. from 2008. Wow. I have that the working title was The Magic Hour. Yeah. And the magic hour refers to the time just after sunset and just before sunrise where the sky produces warm colors of gold, pink, and blue, and it's excellent for photography. Mm-hmm. And also the street lights are the same um, as, like, the background in a way. Especially if you're in Los Angeles. Oh. I mean, that's the, that's the end of the day for America. Well, and you know what the interesting thing is remember I learned this in Vegas with Teeny but like um, Reno is farther west than Los Angeles like if like cause California curls in so like a lot of the the United States if you actually like go up perpendicular you're like oh wow like Reno is farther west than oh, Los Angeles oh that's crazy yeah so wow mind blown in the mornings, right now, um, my runs are timed up with the golden hour, the magic hour, and it is quite nice and delightful. I have, and then finally, I have that the Harry Ross character that Paul Newman plays is similar to Lou Harper. Right. The character that Newman played in 1966 Harper that we've done yes. and the 1975 film The Drowning Pool. So some consider this to be the unofficial trilogy of yeah. Lou Harper because Lou Harper is based on Lou, the Lou Archer character from Ross McDonald's private investigator novels. Mm-hmm. And so his character in this is Harry Ross, which is said to be a nod to author Ross McDonald. And Paul Newman liked revisiting old characters because he had already done so with Fast Eddie that he played in The Hustler and then in The Color of Money. money. Right. And then also Gene Hackman played a detective Harry Mosby in the film Night Moves, and that's also based on a character that was written by Ross MacDonald. So maybe check out some... But I don't know. Maybe the dialogue might be to your might be subpar in the Ross McDonald books. <laughs> I I kid I kid, but I just thought that was interesting. Very. So those are all of my tasty titties. This has been Twilight, which I, I did I wasn't even aware of. And so next week, me right. I don't know which one of you it is, but it's one of you. I don't think it's me. I think I picked New Orleans. Yeah, it's my turn. True that. Okay. It's Black History Month. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. So you're doing Shakespeare in Love? (laughs) (laughs) Guffaw, guffaw. I kid, I kid. I get to kid this month. (laughs) I'm doing a movie I've never heard of. 
Okay. But it's got some big names in it. And we can actually view it. Uh, so. <laughs> you know, I didn't check. I don't know. Classic. This is what we're doing. You're going to figure it out. Yeah. He picks. Uh, but it's Spike Lee, so I figure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because this weekend, well, there's been a Spike Lee exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. And then this Ooh. weekend, for our first Saturday, he did like a book signing yesterday at the Brooklyn Museum. So I was inspired to do a Spike Lee movie. This also has Denzel Washington in it. Mo Better Blues. Yes. <gasps> wow. Yes. Oh, yay. Also, so in 19, I don't think, 1990, not 98. I don't think I've seen it. I've, I've been, I, I remember hearing all about it. But that I think we Den were, sorry, we were in Germany when it came we out. We were indeed. Denzel Washington, Spike Lee, Wesley Snipes, Joy Lee, J O I E. I think that's his sister. Um, oh, Spike's sister. Financially irresponsible giant, played by Spike Lee, manages a jazz group, wants to replace him with a better businessman. Bleak trumpeter then tries to defend his close pal giant, leaving this. Um, there's something cut off here. Uh, let me find a better synopsis. Sure. Let's see. America, a musical comedy drama. A series of bad decisions, the trumpeteer series of bad decisions results in jeopardizing both his relationships and his playing career. It's also about jazz and it's Mardi Gras. So we're not taking place in New Orleans, but that's okay. Um, it's an, it is two over a little over two hours. Mm -hmm. All right. I see that we should be able to watch it on the CAC. And then it's oh. available for rent on Apple, Amazon Prime, the usuals. Samuel, so, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson must have a small part. Ooh. What if we, the recasting, if we, we just take the cast of Mo Better Blues and we just do Twilight. But that was Devil in a Blue Dress. Is that that film? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Devil and in a Blue Dress. Yeah. 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 With easy Excellent. Rollins. Nice. Well, teeny picks bangers. We'll see. Excellent. Okay, listeners, we hope you have joined in. Uh -uh. We hope you have enjoyed our talk about Twilight. And if it's one you don't want to watch, you don't have to. You can just listen to us. And next week, Spike Lee's Mo Better Blues. Okay, listeners. Bye. Bye.